Well, Shabbat Shalom. Glad that you've joined us today on Tetelestai. Yesterday, we began talking about our salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ and how that, as the scripture says, the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. Our salvation, the salvation of the whole cosmos, rests completely and totally in the hand of God. It is his work from beginning to end. None of it rests on our shoulders. None of it is dependent upon us. Even the faith that we have to believe is a gift, and that faith does not make the salvation uh, real or not real. It makes it experiential for us. That's how our, our salvation, the forgiveness of our sins, our being reconciled to God, our being made part of the new creation. Humanity has been rescued. Christ accomplished that. But to enter into the reality experientially of that rescue, we are called upon to believe the good news. That's it. Just believe it. We don't have to do anything. It's all rests upon the faithfulness of Christ. And we were looking at Exodus 6 and how God, again, established this pattern of salvation, bringing his people out from under the bondage of Pharaoh and of Egypt. Just like we are in bondage to sin, enslaved to a system of this world, to the powers of darkness, Christ comes and brings us out of that. Just like Moses was sent down to Egypt to bring God's people out by God's miraculous power, bring them through the Red Sea, ultimately into their promised reward and inheritance, the promised land, Christ comes, Christ delivers us, Christ saves us. He comes into our Egypt. He rescues us. He brings us out. We go through the waters of baptism, and that Paul says the Red Sea was a picture of that. And then he brings us through our journey in life, ultimately into the promised land of blessing, the inheritance, our future inheritance in his kingdom for all the ages to come. And we see this in Exodus 6, but the fact of the that I want you to notice is how that God let Moses know, look, Moses, none of this rests on you. It's not up to you. It's not up to Aaron. It's none of this deliverance of my people out from this bondage is dependent upon you. You just declare what I tell you to declare to Pharaoh, but I'm going to do what is necessary to set you free. And we found this there in Exodus 6, where, where God promised that he would do it all himself. In Exodus 6, 6, therefore say to the people of Israel, I am Adonai. I am the Lord. Then he says, I will free you from the forced labor of the Egyptians. I will free you from the forced labor. I'm going to do it. I, I will rescue you from their oppression. I'm going to do that. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. God's going to lay his power bare and redeem his people through his power and his judgments. Again, this is a beautiful thing about the judgments of God. God's judgments are never retributive. They are restorative. The purpose in God bringing judgment upon 
Egypt was one, obviously, he was showing himself that he alone is God. All the gods of the Egypt that were represented by all the different plagues that came against Egypt, each of those plagues was against one of the gods of Egypt and letting them know these are no gods. They're nothing. Adonai, Yotevavhe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he alone is God. And he would destroy and make known to the people of Egypt, your gods are nothing. I'm the Lord and I want you to know me. God's judgments were for the purpose of making himself known to the people of Egypt and that they might come to know him as well. God desires, even in the midst of judgment, that people discover him, find him, that they run to him because he wants to see them restored to a relationship. But notice God says, I'm going to free you. I'm going to rescue you. I will redeem you. And then God says, you will know that I am Adonai, your God, who freed you from the forced labor of the Egyptians. You will know me. But then he says, I, I, I will bring you in to the land, which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will bring you in to this promised land, and I will give it to you as an inheritance. I will give it to you. I am Adonai. He did it just exactly as he said he would. The judgments that came against Egypt ultimately resulted in Pharaoh driving them out of the land and God led them out by a pillar of cloud at day and a pillar of fire in the night. And he led them through the wilderness they had to have an extended uh, stay in the wilderness because of their unbelief, 40 years actually. But ultimately, God did exactly like he said he would do. He brought them into the promised land and then began the process of taking that land and establishing the nation of Israel in it, just like he promised he would do. All of this was dependent upon God. Israel could not set themselves free. Israel could not rescue themselves. Israel could not redeem themselves. Israel could not, you know, say, hey, we're going to make God our God. You know, that kind of thing. God chose them. Just like Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Brought you into a relationship with myself. God said, I will be your God. God wants to be our God. I will bring you in. God will bring us home. He will bring us into the promised inheritance that Christ saved us for. The inheritance of Christ is not just the nations. We know that from the book of Psalms. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance. And we know that we will share in that inheritance with Jesus according to the book of Revelation. We know that. We will rule and reign with him. God is going to bring us into the inheritance. He's going to give us the promised land, the land that Abraham was looking for. As the writer of Hebrews tells us that Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. And Abraham found that city, but not here in this world. All of this, everything that happened to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt depended upon God. If he didn't come through, they would have never made it. If he didn't part the Red Sea, they would have died on the seashore. If he, if he had not performed the miracles that he did in the judgments through the plagues, they, they would have remained in bondage. In Egypt, there was no way they could set themselves free. God had to do it. God himself had to intervene. 
Same thing with you and I. We could never set ourselves free from sin. We could never escape the bondage of Satan. We could never find a way to remove the consequences of sin, the condemnation and judgment of sin in our lives. We, we could not set ourselves free. God had to intervene. God intervened by taking on human flesh, becoming one of us, entering into our darkness, entering into our pain, entering into our reality. And in our behalf, as our substitute, he turned humanity back to God. He brought humanity back to God. He delivered humanity through his incarnation, his life, his suffering and death, his resurrection and his ascension. He delivered humanity from sin, Satan, the condemnation of sin and the law, the consequences of He has rescued us and saved us, brought us into wholeness and completeness. It is all of him. And you and I rest in his faithfulness, his ability to save, his finished work. And we live our lives in gratitude to Christ for what he has done for us. When we believe the gospel, we enter into the reality of becoming and experiencing part of that new creation. We're a part of the new creation over which he, as the last Adam, is the head. And we rule and we reign with him. You need not worry about your life. You need not worry about your journey to the promised land of heaven. God will get you safely there. My responsibility and your responsibility each day is simply to love him and simply to love others and to trust him, to rest in his faithfulness to you and to me and to live a life of gratitude for what he accomplished for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. May you have a rest and refreshing day entering into his rest spiritually and physically over the weekend. And Lord willing, we will be back with you on Monday for another edition of Tetelestai.